Hey guys, I'm going to jump in right at the beginning. This episode is not explicit. We don't talk about anything explicit, but Sway does talk very openly and we talk openly about sex um, in the episode. So if that's something that you're not comfortable listening to or if you're like listening with kids, I'd throw in some earbuds or maybe save it for later. Okay, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. Hey, um, how's it going, Steve? So far, so good. How are you? Good. I saw you shaved your mustache. I just wanted to mention that. (laughs) I did. Long story short, I have like an electric shaver, Mm -hmm. and I have no idea where the cord is. And I had used it to like trim my beard forever, then I shaved my face, and then like... I wanted Natalie to like me again. <laughs> you wanted to be kissed? <laughs> yeah, so I shaved it, and like literally as the last little whisker shaved off, my battery died. So I got to go buy some razors or nice. figure something out. Anyway, yeah, it's gone. All right, so I don't want to spend a ton of time. Let's just do a couple quick mentions. We want to do a voice memo episode, uh, a second one, and want to get stories of how people have asked people to dances in high school, how you responded, or how you've been asked. Like, fun stories like that. And then just remind about the East Canyon Half Marathon, um, September 4th. Yeah, if you want to come, let us know. It'd be awesome to have you all join the little group, and we'll get you, like, a little cool headband or something. Yeah, awesome. So, here's our episode with Josue. Yeah, here we go. All right. Josue, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? So good. <laughs> I'm happy to see you. I don't think we've seen each other in like in 17 years. It's Maybe not 17 years, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I bet I feel like it hasn't been either. I know. It's like sometimes with some people, you just jump right back in. and it, it, But it is one of those things like right. and we were talking about, we live close. So we got to. Yeah. All three of us out. live within like 10 minutes of each other. Yeah. Yeah, maybe less. We can maybe we can less. grill some Jerome sausage and yes. like uh, I'm I'm talking soon. I'm talking like next week and like well, I'll be in California next week. But, maybe we could do it like as but, soon as we're done recording because we have Josue here with us live <laughs> in yeah. person. One of those in person interviews. This yeah, is this is awesome. I love these. Yeah, me too. So good to see you, Josue, and like look right into your eyes. It's a little creepy, but I like it. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> So give us a give us kind of a catch up of what you're doing, what you're up to, where you're living. Are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah. So um, I well, as you already stated, I live in Eagle Mountain right now. So and not like way far away Eagle Mountain. It's like Saratoga West. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, I live in Eagle Mountain with my wife, my three kids, and uh, my mother in law. She lives uh, she lives with us. So. Awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any do you have any pets? <laughs> yes, we have a lot of pets. We have we have two dogs, two cats, and it's a funny story behind two cats. I'll tell it really, really fast. The <clears throat> we had a cat for about nine years. He disappeared one day. He was gone for four months. Oh yeah, wow. Four months. And <clears throat> we decided, oh, you know what? We kind of liked having a mouser and somebody that like eats all the bugs around the house because we started seeing bugs. We're like, okay, we'll get a new cat. We get a new cat. Two weeks later, the old damn cat shows back up. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have two cats. I hate cats. 
rats. <laughs> but no more mice. Yeah. They do a pretty good job. I'm allergic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not deathly allergic to cats, but my skin is sensitive to it. Yeah. So if I touch a cat and then I like touch my neck or like touch my face, I'll I'll be dying. Oh yeah. But we've always had cats growing up. And we had a, we <laughs> had a sad. we had a cat when we when Steve and I lived by each other like as yeah. kids mm-hmm. that a lady in the neighborhood would like take it and and like have it it was like the cat's second home i remember this and my mom one time like tried to confront this lady it's like hey this is my cat and it's like no no it's not it's my cat <laughs> i don't remember how like it ended but i just remember it's just like that darn cat i guess <laughs> the other night uh natalie is very allergic to cats she can't sure. be in a room for like more than five minutes with one but Probably, I don't know, my, Wesley loves cats, loves them. I don't know why. And like probably a few weeks ago, maybe a little longer. Oh, yeah, I remember in at our house, prayer, he wouldn't leave the cat alone. He wouldn't. Yeah. Loves cats. Yeah. He was just like, dear God, please bless that my mom will stop being allergic so we can get a cat. <laughs> it's like the most heartfelt, like he just wants a cat so bad and we're just like, <laughs> not till you move out, son. It's not going to happen. Anyway. He's going to be a cat guy after like... 19 cats because yeah. of been denied as a kid. Yeah, just like My, Milo, our oldest, wants a lizard. And we're like, no, we're not going to do the lizard thing. <laughs> oh, not a lizard. Anyway, so yeah, so we're living out in Eagle Mountain right now. So I, we actually have four kids. Our first one passed away right after he was born. I mean, you remember this. Yeah, I met him. And uh, that's right. You got to hold him. That's right. So... He, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole big story in and of itself. But, um, you know, we were super blessed. We found out at like, oh, Rachel's going to kill me that I botched this, but I think it was 14 weeks. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, the doctors were like, well, you got about a 1% chance of this kid even being born. And then a month before he was born, which was two months before his due date, um, Rachel comes to me and says, I might actually have to give birth to this kid. And I'm like, yeah, you might. So we're like, oh, we should go do some classes and stuff. And um, sure enough, a month later, he was born. And uh, yeah, we had him for 15 minutes, which was more than we expected. And uh, you know, it was just a, it was a really big blessing uh, that we were able to have him for that time. You know, we've known other people who have elected to do a bunch of like emergency stuff to try and save their lives and they just didn't get any time with them and and so we're just grateful that we chose to go that route and uh, and that's nothing against what other people have chosen to do but we're just grateful to have had that time so so yeah so we have three at home uh from one just turned seven and our youngest is 18 months all boys uh no boy girl boy cool so two boys a girl and then a boy so yeah. Super cute. Yeah, they're pretty fun. They're pretty fun. So what, you said, what What are the ages one more time? Uh, seven, five, and 18 months. All right. That's like super close. So my oldest is eight, mm-hmm. then five turning six this fall, and then a two-year-old turning three this fall. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. You guys should hang out. Yeah. Yeah. We should all hang out. <laughs> that, that'll be my beef later. <laughs> all right. Cool. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you saw yourself in high school. Oh, okay. So like, I've thought a lot about this, right? Like, I think that there, there's two, 
there's two versions to that story. And I think version one was the version that everybody else saw. And then there's version two or yeah, like, or maybe I guess the version that I told myself rather than what everybody else saw and the version. And I think that's what everybody saw is more what I'm trying to say. And then there's the version of who I see myself or who I look back at myself and see who I really was back then. So I guess if you would have asked me in high school, I, man, I, I think I was just a genuinely pretty friendly person to everybody. At least that's, you know, what I thought myself as. Um, and this is where I kind of like, and I, I think I was pretty friendly with everybody. Um, I tried to be very outgoing and, uh, I remember you like that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I think the truth is, is like, I like, like I look back and honestly, and the reason that I'm having a hard time with it right now is because I don't really know who I was and I didn't back then either. Right. And I, I think that's generally speaking, a lot of high school age kids feel that way. But in my case in particular, I feel like I just, I didn't know who I was, but I knew what everybody else wanted me to be. So that's who I Tried right. to be, That's yeah. who I tried to be. I was very chameleon-like. You know, if I was hanging out with one group of kids, I was this way. If I was hanging out with another group, I was this guy, right? And, uh, and yeah, so that's kind of, I know that seems kind of sad. What are you smiling about over there, Gonzo? <laughs> Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Okay, Spare. so this is, <laughs> I've talked to Steve about it. Just to me, like, I, my memories of you of high school is you loved steve so much you're just like <laughs> you're just like whatever steve like but i like that too steve yep. <laughs> just like, yeah i mean steve you like the song i love you you don't like the song man this song sucks it's <laughs> the worst it's the worst no but it's totally true so the one again then this is off like no the one, remember, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. story is like we were at your house and there was a giant tub of mayo like a gallon tub of mayo Okay. And that sounds right. That tracks. That tracks. Story, and, <laughs> and I was like, I was all for him. Like, Psh, they go through mayo, whatever. It's cool. But then other people are like, oh, you guys got that big giant tub of mayo? That's gross. And you're like, <laughs> you said. No, no, no. He was like, we go through one of these. Like, in a week. Yeah. yeah. You're like, we right. go through these tubs in a, in a week. And I was like, I was for him. I'm like, yeah, good job. He's like, you guys love mayo? <laughs> right. More power to you. But then Steve's like. That's kind of gross. And you're like, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> you just instantly agreed with him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Sweet just loves Steve. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that it's easy for me to be like, I had Gonzo. I, I tell people, Gonzo and I have been best friends for years. Gus and I have been best friends for years. Josue, I met Josue like... Back when we were like in mid, like little league football, we yeah. didn't even go to the same middle school, and it's right? like Josue and I have been best friends, like a brother, for years. I have like I think I've been very lucky and blessed to have a lot of people that I consider like my abs, like consider a brother. Like Conzo, I would come do anything with you, anytime ever. I know Josue, it's like every time thing. I need to like hang a TV, I'm like Steve, help help me hang this TV. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got my TV hanging kit in my car. I'll be right there. <laughs> and so like. We hung out a ton. Yeah. And 
and like it's just funny that Gonzo brings up that story and I remember it and it was really funny but it's like you were like my brother like yeah. we were together all the time yeah yeah we were yeah that's true and um unfortunately like that kind of fell apart a little bit after high school and college and stuff and we will talk more about that and why <clears throat> I think why that well I know why you know some of that happened I yeah I was definitely that way you know Steve in fact just last week not last week probably like three weeks ago now <clears throat> I was in a uh, I was doing some group therapy with a with a bunch of people and they were like, okay, pick somebody that's not in the room that you could like call when you've got a body in the trunk. And I was like, oh, that's Steve, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can't get the body in the trunk, and that's Steve. So, <laughs> Steve, don't come help me. Um, I'll help you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I'll help yeah. you with this body, but it's like, uh, but, would uh, you we do can, sway? We talk about this. <laughs> nice questions. Don't tell me any details. <laughs> All right, so Sway, so you're talking about changing. You're talking about not being sure who you were as a kid, which yeah. I think all, all of us can relate. Like we're sure. kind of figuring it out. Like we're feeling out like how, what kind of person do I want to be? Like when I act this way, I get a lot of positive feedback. Like, oh, people like when I'm really... Like, you were always super friendly, like you said. You're sure. always laughing, very loud. But, like, hey, when Sway's there, like, I feel good. Like, he makes me feel good because he's laughing at things I say. You're giving a lot of those, like, positive yeah. like social feedback that people want to hear. Yeah. And so I think that's a part of what I remember about you. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're also saying, like, you're a chameleon. You're acting different based on who you were around sure okay so so tell us more about that why do you think that is yeah so um i'm assuming you're pretty you probably probably already put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode i'm i'm planning to it depends (laughs) it depends on how spicy you're getting it's it's gonna get spicy (laughs) okay (laughs) so um you know i i kind of laugh about it i can i can laugh now where i'm at right and and you'll hear me kind of say things almost in a joking way and I don't mean to like bring it down or anything. Yeah. But um, at the same time, right? I'm just um, I'm very real and vulnerable about my story anymore. So with that said, this is pretty public at this point, but probably not to our high the high school population, right? That we went to high school with the guys we went to high school with the guys and gals. But I've been dealing with uh, sexual addiction since. I, I mean, I guess I don't know when to call it. Like this is when it became an addiction, right? But basically, at the age of seven, um, I was introduced to pornography and masturbation. I say seven, but really it was around, it was sometime between the age of six and eight. And the only reason I can even put, uh, quantify a time to it is because I remember going to my baptism um, when I was eight years old and thinking, oh, finally, like, I can be rid of this. Like, I don't have to hold, you know what I mean? Like, I can be clean from the things I've done. Can I ask a question about yeah. that? Is that, like, that's not normal, right? I mean, obviously it's not normal, but it's like, I didn't know you could masturbate at six years old. Like, I didn't know yeah. your stuff worked, you know? It's right. like, uh, that, like, because you sent me your episode and I listened sure. to it just a couple days ago. <clears throat> that baffled me. I was like, dang. I'm like, is that, is that even, like... I'm guessing it's possible. You're right. saying it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. But I'm just like I didn't even know that that like that 
that your stuff worked at that age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, even at that age, in fact, research is showing more and more that by the time your kids, right, boys in particular, by the time they're eight, they've already, they've already seen pornography. No, yeah, I believe it. Absolutely. Especially in the world we live in now. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. So, so anyway, and then that just kind of like, you know, it started there, right? Like the curiosity was peaked and I was, I was probably hooked from day one, right? Like I just, uh, anytime, right? Like at first it was like just the stupid JCPenney catalogs or whatever you could find, you know, that had, you know, boobies or whatever in it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. And then it just exacerbated, right? Like I started, you know, we got dial up internet when I was, you know, pretty young, 10, 11, 12. And I got to, you know, sit there and watch porn come in line by line, sadly, but it's true. And, um, and then, you know, it, that went into high school. So I'll just give a quick, you know, kind of synopsis, like of my, you know, the story, right? The two, the two or three minute version is, um, you know, in high school, I got fairly promiscuous with some girl, promiscuous with some girls. And then <clears throat> right before my mission, I air quotes cleaned up, right? Went on a mission, got back, did pretty good for like six months. And then six months later, I'm like pornography, masturbation again, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, it started into, you know, sex in college and things like that, which, you know, for some people is not a big deal, but with my faith and belief system, like it was a really big deal and had to do everything I can to hide it and, and do all that stuff. So that led into, let's see here. It was just, I left a trail of wreckage in my wake, like everywhere I went. And, and it just makes me super sad and super like just there's something I just wish I could change it to a degree but also you know there's part of me that's just like there's nothing I could have done I don't know like I could have changed it and I should have and I just didn't you know and so I mean it very much was an addiction I just and it's an I call it an addiction to lust right you can't it's, it's just always there and it was a coping mechanism right I had some stuff happened when I was younger, obviously, you know, my, around the age of seven, I was, I, you can call it sexually abused, you know, by a a kid that was older than me. And it's way more common than you think. Right. So it's just like, but anyway, there was that and some other things with my family that happened and which I, I won't go too into a lot here, but I just, it was, it was my coping mechanism. Right. So fast forward to 2010, I, you know, I had a relationship with somebody and, um, that ended, uh, because I, again, just wreckage and, you know, like I was causing all this just crazy shit to happen. And so then I decided I'm going to get clean. So I cleaned up for six months. I met my wife. Uh, we got married about six months after that. And, uh, and I thought, oh, this is it. Like, this is the key, you know, like I'm going to get married and then I just won't ever have to look at porn again. And I won't ever have to masturbate again. And I'll just be, like, good. You know what I mean? Mm. And six months later, <laughs> God's was laughing like, like well, that's that sounds like shit. Thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is just like, obviously, 
I feel like it's media's fault in a way that the way that they teach you, you know, like what sexuality is like and like true like sexuality and marriage and sex and marriage. It's like they're as far apart as could be from each other. So we do have like, and it does take time to deprogram all this, all the stuff that you've seen on TV of like, this is what relationships are like. This Mm -hmm. is what sex is like. And you know, because reality and marriage and sex and marriage is totally different. Absolutely. And it's like well, and there's just there's so many different types of intimacy. So yeah. Sexual intimacy is intimacy is just one small part of it, but there's right. so many different types. And even within marriage, sex will be like half of a percent of like what it is like to be married and what right. being married is about. So it's like, and I feel like a lot of us guys before we get married, we have this idea of like what sex life is going to be like after and then the the truth is so far beyond that you know so yeah. that's a, so that's why i was smiling yeah yeah, yeah. when you're like raised in a in a religion that d- it's almost like there's like this hush hush like don't talk about sex don't even think about sex don't touch yourself don't experiment don't do these things and bam you know now you're married and it's just like everything is just open and yeah and it's just there's like a lot of a lot of information and things that could be shared and learned much, much earlier. Yeah. Well, Steve and I have talked about this a lot. Like when we were like, we end up, that's why we say like, we stay, stay up late. Cause we end up like chatting after we're done, like with the podcast and we were talking about one night. It's like, that's one of actually my beefs with the church is that sure. we don't openly talk about sex and sexuality in a healthy way to teach the youth. It's right. like, we're so like, no, 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 that's not You know, plug our ears and, and don't say anything. And then, you know, we said, how many young women are sexually assaulted on their wedding night? Because there, there haven't been, it's like bad, 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 bad. And now uh, that, now you're married, it's supposed it's to be okay. good and you yeah. should be like totally into it. Yeah. But it's just like a lot of people are like, they don't have, they can't flip a switch and be like, no, I've been told all this stuff is bad all my life and now I'm just supposed to like think it's good and yeah. it's so it's it is it is created a huge, issues within people. yeah so it's a really big issue um and you know I guess I'll just echo what you guys said there right like especially in <clears throat> the LDS church right and and I don't even think it's just the LDS church it's it's Christianity Maybe a at big large, religious right? or, or yeah like yeah orth- orthodox orthodox yeah. orthodox like strict religious practices right. like tend that tend to use have sexuality as like right. a, like a, a bad thing right when in reality you know the truth is is that it's a god like given you know healthy thing to have the problem is is we just aren't teaching it to our kids in the proper way yeah, yeah. um and that's why like i'll just put a plug in right now we can talk about it more later but like if you have a kid that is five years old and you haven't had the first, and yes, I'm saying the first talk, not the second or third or fourth, which really should be happening like at least quarterly, if not monthly. You yeah. know, we're trying to make it a, a, a common thing in our house because by being able to have those open conversations, and by open, I don't mean you go to your five year old and be like, here are the mechanics of sex, yeah, exactly. right? have age-appropriate conversations with... Progressing as it goes, like... And, I mean, Bonnie and I talk about this a lot, and, like, we don't talk to 
our girls as much as we should, but we we've had conversations with them. At first, we talk about obviously your private parts and you know how it's not okay for someone to like if someone sure. asks you to like see them or if someone's asking you to touch them or if anyone wants you to keep secrets from mom and dad. We have those kind of conversations. I know Bonnie with our oldest has had more in depth, you know, as she's getting older to like talk more about sexuality and, and talk over some of the rudimentary, like basic mechanics and things like that. I think that's awesome. But, but it's one of those things that then it, it can't be a, a a once and done. Yeah. It can't be a one and done conversation. And and I I don't want to take over because I also, I just remember our com- my conversation with my dad was like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he are. probably didn't even say anything to me until I was like 15 or 16. And right. it's just like, sex, you kind of like, you all right with that? And like, yeah, it's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only it's, time. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, that, you know, all of those things combined, right? Like a lot of things and i just used lust and and sex as a as a coping mechanism right and so i'm i'm just going to fast forward really quick so got married 6 months into my marriage i'm back at pornography back at masturbating right and 6 months after that a year into my marriage i have my first affair and uh man i just look back at that and uh i just kind of get really weepy for my wife and the things that i put her through i know that there's a lot of damage that I caused to other people, but no one more so than my wife, right? Yeah. And uh, so fast forward eight years, 2016, my wife finds a text message on my watch that I left in the bathroom. And uh, um, she had kind of caught me one other time before, but I like, you know, being the master manipulator and all those things like... I was able to like brush it off. And of course, you know, your wife doesn't want to believe, you know, anything. So it's just like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. So anyway, and then it just blew up and she's just like, look, if this is ever going to work, you have to tell me everything right now. Like I'm not going to say it's so anyway, after that, the short version is, is we spent two years separated and, uh, I thought, and she knew like, she's like, we're going to get a divorce. We're going to get a divorce. Like it's just going to happen. Right. In 2016, like, I, if you want the full story, you know, we can put my other episode. So I'll, I'll, I'll share a link because yeah. you do go into yeah, so, big in depth about your story there. And, mm-hmm. and like, guys do listen to it because it's great. And, yeah. you know, Sway and those guys like, and, and Rachel's there. So it's like, right. you guys go and talk a lot about like the details of your story. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we talk we talk really in depth in there, but anyway, I'll just basically you know I started doing uh, addiction recovery pretty much right away. The way I kind of look at it is you know before I was in this like secret battle and I thought that I could just take care of it on my own. I was like willing to go to my grave. Like I didn't care. I never wanted to put my wife through the pain of finding out. Right? Like I just and I know that sounds like oh that's bullshit, which it is. Right? Like it's it's crap, right? Yeah. But um, that's just the mentality that I had, right? And and being in the addiction, right? When, well, and then it's a kind of a mix too, because you have like it's a mix of guilt and shame mm-hmm. and yeah. like 
pain, you know, mm-hmm. that you want to spare. But then, so it's like this ball of yeah. Well, pain. I was I was just willing, you know, in my religious belief and in my I guess my spiritual belief as well. Like I was like, oh, I'm just I'm just gonna go to hell, and my but my family can make it, and they will never have to go through the pain of knowing. Right, like that was like, and, I mean, like how they'll realize like mentality. we're in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. like saying that and here, I guess hearing you say that, like you can kind of almost see like this little, I'll call it a cycle, but like experiences that you had, like you before you were baptized when you were just a tiny kid, got into this and you had this thought of like, finally I can get baptized and boom, mm-hmm. I'm clean, and then it comes back and he's probably like, freak. I just messed up again as a little kid. Right. And then oh, I'm going on a mission. I'm going to get clean. Boom. Okay. And then it comes back. Yeah. And then oh, I'm married now. I'm going to do it all the time. This is great. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. And then bam, I failed again. And so you can see like this cycle of like, there's like hope and then just like shame and oh, crap and guilt. Right. And how it could almost be like, I don't want to go through that again. Right. Like, I can go to my grave, but you also don't want to like, face that mm-hmm. well and i think that's actually a really great observation i don't think i've ever observed it globally like that like you just uh, mentioned right i've always thought of it as the cyclical things that i got into just day to day or week to week or month to month right where you know i'd go a couple days or a month or whatever but then i'd fall back you know what i mean i'd, I'd just go back and back and back and back and the truth is is like that shame right, is really what kept me in the addiction, right? And that shame is what uh, what just drives you because what it says is it doesn't say, hey, what you did was bad. It says you as a person and your true and core identity is bad. You are a bad person. And no matter what you do, you will always be bad. And that is literally how I felt all the time like I just lived in fear and knowing that I was bad and evil yeah and and I guess like and that's not to like discount no, what I did what I did was horrendous yeah you're saying also you're using it to like cope like what do you think you're coping with or what did, what are you using to cope what are you coping with like well what? eventually it just became shame all the time so you're right. you're trying to cover up your shame with, yeah. with more sex stuff. Like, yeah. Oh. Tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't. It's like so yeah, it just right. builds and builds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not it. just that, right? It's literally every emotion, right? I can I can quite confidently say that up until probably even three years ago or two years ago, I was eh, three years ago for you know somewhere in there once I started my. But I was emotionally stunted at the age of like 10 or 12. Like I was like a 10 or 12 year old in a 30 something year old's body. Mm. Like you're so, like you're, so like you're saying coping with every emotion. So it's like you're feeling stressed out. It, it's like I'm going to do some sex yeah, stuff. I'm, like, I'm, I'm stressed out. I don't know how to deal I'm with angry. this stress. I'm, gonna, I'm angry. Whatever it I'm is. Like, yeah, I'm sad. Or even like. Oh, this this one's the one that like kind of is really weird to think about. But oh, I'm happy. Oh, but you're a terrible person. You don't deserve happiness, right? Like, and that's literally like looking back. Those are things that I would do, hmm. right? And so that's just 
you know, what we'd call an addiction cycle, right? You just get in that cycle and it just becomes perpetual. And do, I quit every night at, before I go to bed. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again, right? I can stop anytime. That was just like my, you know what I mean? Like I can, I can stop, but the truth is I couldn't. So I, I don't know if you want to, I have some questions. Like, Dude, yeah. Cause Steve and I were even talking about this before we came over. Cause it's like, you know, obviously like sexual, like an addiction to a, a sex addiction. It's like almost like a food addiction in a way, like comparable because yeah. like sex and sexuality are healthy and normal part yes. of human life. Right. So it's like, you know, when does, you know, and then we were thinking like, is it a spectrum of like you have healthy sexuality and then unhealthy sexuality sure. and then like now you're a sex addict. So it's like, what are the, what are the, like the postmarks? Like when does like sexuality become yeah. unhealthy? When does sexuality, when are, are you to the point where like, oh, this dude's a sex addict? Like, like could, because we've heard yeah. that word around, but then I'm like, okay, but what's, what because it's mean? like, yeah. I think with food is it's more like visual people know it's just like and we have eating disorders and and we've i think like we've studied it more and sure. like like yeah. named the different types of this of eating disorders but yeah. i think for sex addiction it's still kind of like a yeah. taboo type of thing so it's oh, like oh yeah it's it's a it's probably you know kind of at the forefront of like one of the most taboo things to talk about right and so so, yeah, I would say, and everybody kind of, everybody in the community, guys who are working their recovery that I know, everybody kind of defines it slightly differently. But I think one of the things that you can truly say when it is um, uh, an addiction is when it is compulsive, hmm. right? Like you can't not do it. Hmm. If you say, oh, I'm going to stop or, hey, I'm going to go a month, you know, and, and, and I guess you could say, <clears throat> I'm going to go a month, but if it feels like it's, you know, that whole month, you, it's called white knuckling. You're holding on for dear life just to get through that month until you can masturbate again or something. Right. You know, that, that's kind of a big, that's, exactly. you know, you're really, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're hooked. You, yeah, yeah. It's like, and so, and the other thing, like, you know, because <clears throat> I think a, a question that, that is often asked, especially in a non-religious or non-Christian community is, is porn really bad? I don't know. Is it really bad? And I, and I think that's a fair question to ask, right? Like, is it, is it truly bad? And the only thing I can do is really speak from my own experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a lot of science, you know, that you can point to, right? The, the, you know, the way that it affects your neuroreceptors and the pathways that it changes and things like that. Well, I, I mean, I've actually read like research on like our generation, guys our age uh -huh. and ED like has skyrocketed. So sure. like if you look 20 years ago, like guys our age, ED was like 5%. Sure. But now ED is like... 35, 40% yeah. of guys our age like suffer from it. Mm -hmm. And they attribute that to like the advent of like free porn on the internet because mm -hmm. like it has 
like shifted people's sexualities and and the way that even guys get aroused they have to like it becomes micro like they they need this kind of like the specific thing to like get going and now like and that's why like ed has kind of like shot sure. up through yeah the i haven't seen any of that research but i i 100 percent believe that it's it, a podcast butterfly effect on audible okay, i like listen cool. to it it has like tons of research on like um porn industry and things like Interesting. that like, yeah, yeah. I'll I, check that out. Yeah, it's yeah, like awesome. a, a great listen. So. Yeah. So, you know, I guess for me that the answer is yes, it is bad because look what it did. Right? Like the proof is in the pudding, I yeah. guess. Right? Like, I mean, just look at, I mean, my kids almost grew up with having me only part time. I mean, they did for two years. And I can tell you right now, even now. My daughter, not as much because she was really little, but my, my oldest son or my second oldest son, I, I mean, it was definitely traumatizing, right? It was a traumatic event in his life. Yeah. And, and I'm still trying to figure out how to address those issues with him and figure out, okay, how much was of it, you know, how much was, you know, but regardless, you know, porn in in my case and in millions of other people it is bad right because of what it did to other people right that in and of itself is enough for me to say oh yeah porn is terrible because of you know the wreckage that it caused in my life and not just my life like all these other people's lives right and not just my wife either so yeah. So I've been, you know, I'll just do a little bit more on the story. So got into recovery and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, as far as like sobriety goes, I haven't looked at porn since actually like July or August of 2016. And then, um, but my true sobriety date, uh, for masturbation and every, you know, all that stuff is, um, uh, January 1st, 2018. Um, so, Three and a half years now awesome. of sobriety. Congrats. Thanks. That's Thanks. awesome. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and then I, uh, I now work, uh, my wife and I actually both work on a podcast called Unashamed Unafraid. Our, like and subscribe. Yeah, like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to plug it like crazy here because it really has been, uh, for me, an awesome way to work my, my 12th step, which is to share the message with others. Right. But more than that, like, I mean, it gets like as real as we've been here tonight, like it gets really real, like super raw. It's, we try and stay unashamed, right? Like, you know, you hear me kind of chuckling and laughing about some of this stuff, but, uh, but it's, 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 very serious like it's it's causing wreckage in and just damage all over the place so and that's why we do it right is we do it because we want to share other people's stories how they're recovering and uh, in fact one of the coolest things recently is we had two female addicts on the podcast and sharing their story and you think that like their shame around guys talking about you know, their porn addiction, their sexual addiction, it's like double, triple shame for women to talk about it. And the thing too, is that like, it's so misogynistic, right? And like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, there's some misogyny there, but I think more than anything, it's just been like, yeah, it is right. In a very real sense, because it's like, oh, it's okay. It's a guy's problem, right? It's a guy's problem. And so for a girl to have, for a woman to have it, it's like, oh, you have a, a man's problem, right? Like you really can't share about it. Mm. Um, and anyway, so just to have those two women on the podcast is just freaking awesome, you know, and that's, that's really what we try and do. We share resources for recovery and just try and spread the message of, you know, what, that recovery is possible. It's real. And, and it is, it's totally possible. Now I know somebody can be like listening to this tonight and be like, cause I, I know that there are people that are listening tonight that have, or this week that are dealing with this and are, you know, just hiding it and keeping it down and right. And all that stuff. What do you got to say to them? It will be the hardest thing you will ever do in your life. And it might cost you everything. Like it really might. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but to live, because I promise you right now, and I, I can tell you because I can feel it because I remember what it feels like to have rot gut. Like that's how I lived my life was just in a perpetual state of my gut feeling like rotting. And I know that you're feeling that way. And if you want to be free of that, there is freedom, but it's going to cost everything, but it's worth it to be in a place where I am now, mostly whole. <laughs> I can't ever say that I'm completely whole and working my, you know, working on my, on my stuff. Everybody has stuff, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's porn. It can be anything. It can be, we've all been traumatized at some level. We've all experienced things that somebody's been raped. Somebody's been Yeah, I mean, bullied. sexual assault, yeah. 25% of <clears throat> women, 20% of men have been, you know, sexually yeah. assaulted in their one life. One in four. Yeah. It's one in four uh, for women. Yeah. One in four women have been sexually assaulted in some time in their life. And so... Uh, you know, there's hope, there's recovery. Um, and I know it seems like, oh, that's like, I I remember hearing it before I was just, you know, before my wife caught me, like God was very much preparing me to have this all come out. Right. Like I was screaming inside to be caught. You know, I remember hearing something on the radio and then like something in general conference, you know, several little things. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I just don't want to do this anymore. How can I not do this anymore? Sweet. Tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, no, um, I would, I was never going to tell her. No. So she, she was always going to be the one to catch me, unfortunately. So in connection with your 12 step, right? I know part of that is just making amends. Um, how do you go about doing that? in this situation like you've shared a bit of your story here but how do you go about doing that while like still respecting your wife and your kids and your family who you have Mm -hmm. now and making amends with those people who you say like you've left like a path of wreckage right how how do you do that yeah so that's it's really hard because 
you know, as part of the 12 step, it's, you know, it's actually step nine where you um, make amends to all people you've harmed, except when to do so would harm another, right? And that includes them, you know. So let's say, I, you know, a relationship that I had uh, while I was married, right? An affair that I had when I was married, it wouldn't be... um, it wouldn't be good for me to reach out to this person and be like, hey, I'm sorry, even though I want to. You know, I would, I totally want to do that, but I also know that, like, it's just not a healthy place to go. So, in order to do that, I just, <sighs> there's lots of things I try and do, but I just try and live my life in a way that, um, that makes amends somehow, you know, um, I'm not perfect at it, but I mean, that's a big part of the reason that I, you know, we, we do the podcasts, right. It's a big reason why I, um, I sponsor guys, you know, um, there's a reason why I'm public about my story. I don't recommend everybody be public about their story. The only reason that I am is that I very much feel like God has called me to do so. And, you know, he's, because, I remember uh, sitting in my dank hole of an apartment when we were separated. I was watching um, this couple named Stephen and Real Croshaw. Um, look them up if you're at all interested in this stuff. They're freaking amazing. Um, they started uh, what's called the SAL uh, Foundation, or SA Lifeline Foundation, which um, part of it is a, a charitable thing, and then part of it is also a 12-step thing, right? So they run 12-step groups for uh, men and women, and then they also have a, a foundation that they kind of run that are in sync with each other. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I was listening to their story, and I remember as I was sitting there, God said to me, "This can be you, and this can be yours and Rachel's story. If you guys make it through this, this is probably what it's going to end up looking like or similar to this. And I was just like, really? And I just, it just was like, yep, this is just how it's going to be. And I remember talking to Rachel about it. I don't know, either it was that day or a couple days later, which I shouldn't have talked to her about it, but I did. And um, she was just like, "Mm, bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, she's like, we're getting a divorce. You know that, right? And I'm just like, yeah, I know. But she didn't file them papers. <laughs> she, she didn't. You know, and and on that, right, like, man, again, go listen to our episode. You'll hear how freaking awesome my wife is. She's, you know. She so, is awesome. Dude, she's freaking right. She's way better than you. Oh, <laughs> way better. Way better. <laughs> And, like, you know, when you listen to her, people think, oh, man, she's, like, a freaking ball buster. And, you know, she I mean, she's kind yeah. of a hard ass, right? And uh, That's part of what makes her so great. Yeah. And, I mean, she was praying, praying that we would get a divorce, you know, just constantly. And I am just so grateful that she is somebody who really listens to God and just lets him lead her life. And... um you know, she went to the temple almost monthly, I swear, just being like, come on, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? Can I get divorced? Can we get divorced? And every month or every time she'd go, she'd get this answer like, just hold on a little bit longer, you know? And 
again, literally by the grace of God, we're married still. And, um, you know, it's not easy. You know, we still have stuff that is hard, right? Like, um, and trust is a continual thing that we are building and, you know, that I'm trying to build with her. And, but, you know, we're getting healthier and healthier day by day. And, you know, just taking it one day at a time that way. Well, yeah. All right. So usually we would ask, like, like, who are you who now am I that's now? different? Yeah. yeah. No, so it's like, I, I, no, you can ask me that. So who are you now? I mean, we <clears throat> we know a little bit of it because that's part of the story. Yeah. Like this, yeah. like your recovery and a recovered mm-hmm. or recovering person from sex addiction is, is part of who you are. Like, well, what else? How, what else has changed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is going to sound kind of like bravado and hyperbole but like i so i i think it's been very as i've been talking like god is a huge part of my life now and not in the like traditional you know utah now we live in utah county why do we live in utah county guys you also went to byu i also went to byu <laughs> you wanted to go i wanted to go <laughs> Anyway, um, and I, I don't mean that in like, you know, the traditional LDS, like, I don't know how to describe it, but my, yeah, the fake, anyway, the, yeah. the, the, the outer yeah. perfect outer shell that like, yes, that we want the LDS people right. want to have like yeah. that veneer of right. like, Hey, we got it. Zion. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Utah totally. County. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I guess if I'm to, to like put a couple words to myself, right. Is. I am a badass warrior for God and others, you know, particularly when it comes to this addiction, but in helping anybody come closer to God, like that's, you know, my recovery is centered around him. He's the only reason that it happened. I take zero credit for it other than I was willing, like that's the one word I can use is I'm just willing to do right. And it's, it's hard. Um, and then I think also I would say I'm finally the same person on the outside as I am on the inside. Um, mostly, right? I don't think anybody can yeah, say that, yeah. right? Like with 100% like truth to that. Because, you know, it's like, you know, my wife asked me, she's like, are, 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 you, are you nervous for tonight? And I was like, no. And then on the way over, all of a sudden my gut started doing stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I am. And that's okay, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, and, you know, I guess that that's, I mean, an obvious part of this is like, you just, you never know where someone is or what they're going through. That's never an excuse for their actions. But you just never know what somebody else is walking through right now and so um i really try and have a lot of compassion and sympathy for everybody i'm not great at it but i try to you know yeah i think that's kind of where i'm at right now right um i I, all of this has led me to um i'm actually starting grad school next month and uh so i'm i'm gonna be a 
a therapist in the oh, cool. next couple of years. Wow. So, yeah, so that's a, a pretty cool deal. And again, like, I'll, I'll go back to that and I'll just, I'll plug a few things here, right? Yeah, let's do it. So Unashamed Unafraid, right? That's our podcast. Um, I don't I don't actually host a lot on there. Um, another guy does, um, but I do a lot of the graphics and artwork and stuff like that for the, the website. We're in the middle of like a rebrand and all that. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a great resource for anybody who's looking for, and not just pornography addiction stuff. Like it's obviously very heavily leaned on there. It's actually called Unashamed, Unashamed of uh, Sexual Addiction and Coming into Christ for Healing. That's like the whole name of the podcast. And uh, so it's, uh, we, you know, we uh, try not to make it an LDS-centric view, uh but it, you know, that definitely has some leanings that way, but it's really just based around a relationship with Christ. And then an, another plug I want to make is uh, uh, there's a book called Wild at Heart um, that is friggin' amazing. If you are a Christian male or even a Christian female, like it is an incredible book on um, the masculine journey with God. And uh, I highly recommend that to everybody. And that was a big, actually, turning point for me in my recovery and, and, and you know, finding not just, I guess, truly building a relationship with God and Christ. And then in conjunction with that, there's a retreat that we do. Um, it has nothing to do with addiction. I, they briefly talk a little bit about addiction in the retreat. Um, it's called uh, A Warrior Heart, um, awarriorheart.com. Um, it's a three-day retreat up in... Wanship, um, awesome location. Every once in a while, we'll do one in Alaska or somewhere else. But um, so last couple of times, I've been on the staff for that, and that's just been a huge, uh, huge thing for me in my life—not just my recovery, but my life in general. Right, a time to like really connect with God and really like um, because we'll do sessions, and then after the sessions, we'll have about what we call vows of silence, where we just there's no talking for the next hour or so. And it's just time for you to, you know, have that conversation with God, wherever you're at with him. It's not religious in any way, shape or form. It's just some God time. So those are kind of my three big plugs. Cool. Yeah. So, and I'm guessing that kind of goes along with your passions. I mean, <clears throat> it, it sounds like you're passionately passionate about recovery, about mental health, like, you know, cause you want to be a therapist right. and, like, and, and others and helping others yeah. like, do, making that that amends like you you kind of like doing that by helping other people mm -hmm. get clean get un understand and and yeah. get educated about it so. yeah uh, you know like one of the two things that i'm really going to focus on in in my therapeutic career are going to be uh, addiction and uh and trauma trauma is you know we could spend a whole podcast talking about trauma trauma really is like the leading reason for shit happening in the world. You know what I mean? Like there is a reason that so-and-so did this and I guarantee you it goes back to the, some trauma either in their childhood or, you know, and it just, it sounds like kind of like woo-woo or, or whatever, but trauma is a very real thing and it happens to us daily. And <clears throat> the problem is, is we don't know how to process that trauma. We just, we don't know how to, deal with it 
and learning to deal with trauma. Everybody thinks that trauma is rape, seeing somebody die, you had to be in a war, and all this stuff, right? Which all of those are absolutely valid. Going to the dentist. Going to the dentist. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it really can be, right? I'm sure. It depends on your dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Not at I'm West sure, Jordan I'm Dental. Sure, I'm sure Steve it's is probably talking traumatized. <laughs> Not mine, though, dude. You just gave Milo the gas, didn't you? You're just like. I think so. Yeah. yeah, he had it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but what people don't realize about trauma is it can. There's big T trauma, right? PT, like. You know, you were in the war, you saw all this stuff, it did this stuff to you. Um, you know, you were raped, all these things. Those are what I would call big T trauma. But what people don't realize is the little T traumas, being bullied, being, you know what I mean? Like all these little things, your parents not paying attention to you, you know, your dad's a workaholic or whatever it is. All those little T traumas add up. And we all have those. And um, how we cope with them, how we... Uh, you know, how we deal with those is, frankly, most people just pick up their phone and are like buried in their phone. You know, we find we have, in fact, I was, I was listening to this really incredible podcast right now called The Magic Well. And, and the, the episode I'm listening to right now is called, uh, is on the magic of medicators, right? What okay. we use to medicate yeah. our, our, uh, <clears throat> our day-to-day lives so you know anyway I'll, I'll shut up about it but it's just you know that's i'm very passionate about that stuff and um helping people become whole um i'm on my own journey i'm still <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out my own shit but at the same time like i know that um it, god is calling me to to do this right like i very much feel called to help people guide people through their journeys and their process. And it's something that I'm continuing to work on. And it's not, it's not an easy thing. Like, trust me, I do not want to go do two more years of school. I don't want, I just don't want to do that. But I, I know that that's something that I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been able to kind of read people and, you know, kind of read between the lines. And, um, and I use that, for evil for many many years and so it's time to turn that around and you know use it for use your powers for good use my powers yeah. for good <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome sway hey so. do we have any beef yeah why the frick didn't you guys call me when the pruz came last week or two weeks ago oh shoot <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's Next time, <laughs> I have I have a, a text in my phone that I like a draft that I was starting to write to you. Like it was all just excuses. Like yeah, dude, I went over to their house really late. Like they were already pretty much done drawing by the time I got there, which is true. But Swain would have picked up and come over. I know, but let's. That's why I was saying it was okay. Like, I, I was laid up, and this this is my coping mechanism right here. It's okay. I was laid up on the couch. <laughs> Because I have the gout, the seventy-year-old man disease known as gout, dude. It is brutal. Like you can't walk. Like you're Dang. just done. But I would have picked my butt up and come over. We'll have. We'll get together, and we just won't invite John. <laughs> make up for it. That doesn't make up for it. I want John here. 
Amy and Prue. They'll, <laughs> they'll come by. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see them again. Yeah, we'll, for sure. we'll do it for sure. And I want to get together. Yeah. Like, let's, <clears throat> let's get together. You, you're close. Let's just hang yeah, out. We're going to hang out. I have some beef. Oh, let's hear it. Once upon a time in high school, you went on a trip to Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. Where did you go? You left for like a week. You didn't tell your parents. You just left. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was to Florida. Was it Florida? Yeah. So I, <clears throat> yeah, it was like, um, I, I, my parents told me I couldn't go, right? Because it was with, it was with Ryan's sister, actually, because Ryan's sister, Ryan Copeland, Tara, sister, Tara. Tara um, <clears throat> was doing an internship. I'm trying to remember all the details. Her and her best friend were doing an internship down in Disney World. And I, was I 18? I think I was 18. I don't know. Anyway, so I was like, I had free flights, right? Because my mom worked for JetBlue. Yeah, okay. So, and I, I, I had this huge yelling match with my mom, like two weeks before this happened. And, and I remember, I'm just like, well, I just want to go. Anyway, you know, typical stupid teenager stuff. And then, like, she's like, fine, just go. Next time, just go see if I care. And I was like, okay. Anyway, okay, so what's so I called Steve. Classic and I said, Hispanic mom move. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you were a sweetheart to me, and you let me use your car. Because I didn't have a car when we were in high school. Every single day, I took the bus. And so I had this week where I was like, I have a car that I can drive to school. And you even like, I think you even gave me like 15 bucks. You're like, hey, here's 15 bucks. Like if you need gas, it's on me. And I got pulled over in this car because I don't think it even had a muffler. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I had like all this freedom and driving to school, I get pulled over and the cop was like, license and registration. I was like, this is not my car. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and looks it up and I tell him and he's like, Tell your idiot friend to get his muffler fixed and I got a warning. <laughs> and so I just think I'm just so glad that Josue let me borrow this car so I can get pulled over. But I didn't get a ticket. I okay, so this must have been a different time then. You went for a week. Though. I thought you went to like Costa Rica. Maybe I did, right? Like we probably went to Costa Rica because my family's from Costa Rica. Yeah. But my mother's family's from Costa Rica. But at the same time, it can't be like all beef because you were like so nice to let me borrow that car. And I didn't get the actual <laughs> ticket. I think I might hold the record for getting pulled over and, and not, not getting, getting tickets. tickets. That's just, I don't know I why. You. I'm just like so respectful. I get white. pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> ticket. Man, Steve's just got such a white face. <laughs> and that nice smile. One time we were driving to Gonzo's wedding. Do you remember this? So I wasn't was, there, yes, but I do remember so the story. I had to work that day. So Gus picks me up from Best Buy, and we're late. And so we're like driving 95 on the freeway. We get pulled over, and the cop walks up, and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're late for a wedding. I had to pick him up, and like, I'm naked. Like, I had all my clothes off. I'm changing. And he's like, I believe you. And like, let us leave. And he pulled us over. We're going 30 over the freaking speed limit. I just had like, classic my Steve family classic it, Steve. They call it Steve Luck. Yeah, you know? no, for real. Every time I got pulled making over, a full ticket court shot <laughs> without looking or something, it's like classic Steve. <laughs> anyway, thanks um, for letting me borrow your car. Yeah, you're welcome. No, the other time I just called you. This uh, this I think might have been after high school, but maybe not. But I just called you. Maybe it was the summer. I don't know. 
But I remember we went up in your Gallant. Where? To the airport. Because I said, hey, Steve, uh, can you drive me to the airport? Will you pick me up at oh, I, this yeah. time? There will be a suitcase in the front yard. Will you just put it in your car? I literally went in the house, got home from work, chucked everything. Because I randomly got this week off of work somehow. The business was going out of business. Anyway, I chucked every, just whatever I could find in a suitcase and I just shoved it out my window. And I I said, okay, mom, bye. Where are you going? I'm going out with Steve, which wasn't a lie. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I love you. See you later. Then I called her the next morning from Florida and said, hey, mom, where are you? Um... Okay, you're going to be really mad. I'm safe. <laughs> Where are you? I'm on the beach in Florida. You better not be. I am. Okay, love you. Bye. Luckily, like, by the time I got home, it had all blown over. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, she's anyway. So sweet. Oh, she's the best. She really is. They're so in Costa funny. Rica right now. My whole family is for a wedding. Really? Kind of jealous. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Well, thank you to uh, to both of you for being such good friends to me for so long. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you, guys. I really love these in-person episodes. I just yeah. stared at you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, is yeah. there anything else that you want to share? Um, I'll plug my wife's little business she's starting to do. Yeah, let's do it. So um, <clears throat> she is doing a little t-shirt. I shouldn't say little. But she's doing this t-shirt business where, you know, she she does like little little uh shops so you guys are pointing at each other you need, you need i want podcast t-shirts podcast for our t-shirts, run too yeah. like we want to get some t-shirts yeah yeah she can do custom t-shirts anyway so yeah we do like you know either custom shirts or she does like a, a weekly like facebook shop where she posts like all of these different t-shirts and uh or all these different um screen prints that she can put on t-shirts and she's like painstakingly gone through and found like really nice shirts that she likes and is what you're wearing one of them no this isn't this is this is my warrior heart shirt this is my my boot camp rep shirt you know i'm I'm repping boot camp right now boot camp i'm referring to that warriorheart.com if you didn't get that first time warrior heart oh warriorheart.com a warrior heart got it and unashamed unafraid.com again that's unashamed unafraid.com can you listen to it on Apple or Apple, Spotify? Spotify? I can't remember if we're on Audible. I think we are on Audible. Google I don't know. Our, our audio engineer, dude, he's friggin' amazing. and He's got us on all the things. So cool. <clears throat> anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to listen to us there. Um, yeah, go and listen to our story. We're episode 13. I don't know. Anyway, we're somewhere in there. We'll put it in the show notes, right? And, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so go go listen to that if uh, if you are dealing with an addiction, freaking reach out to me. Like I I'll take a phone call from anybody um, about that stuff, right? And I'm happy to to point anybody in the right direction. We are super lucky to live here in Utah. It's like the mecca for not just sadly, but it's true porn addiction, but also um, it's also the mecca for recovery, right? Like. We have tons of recovery resources. It's not like it was in the 80s and 90s. It's like, oh, just go take a cold shower and run it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's not that at all. So 
But also, probably in the 80s and 90s, you had to, like, spend two days to even get your hand on some porn. Like, <laughs> this is true. look through the woods, <laughs> go to some shady video store where everyone's going to be like, <laughs> judge you going to the back room. Yeah. It's like, now, it's like 15 seconds and on my phone and yep. I could, like, have access to it. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, thanks, Sway. Thank you, over. guys. Yeah, this is awesome. I've loved this. I've loved your all the episodes. Man, I just... Like Rafi's episode, I freaking, I need it. I actually tried to send her a text the other day and it didn't go through because I'm pretty sure she changed her number several times and I didn't <laughs> think about that. And then I keep forgetting to DM her, slip into her DMs. So we've done that. We've, we've talked some politics over uh, DMs. I love it. It's like, man, healthcare system sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, yeah. Well, and I just love how, how real everybody has been, right? Like, honestly, one of the things that has, that that has been uh, my favorite thing about the podcast, right? Like you talk about Silvana's story, you talk about, I mean, John Prue. I know, right? That moment, right? Like whether the way he can describe everything, right? Like it's it's like all of this stuff went off for me as I was listening to that because I'm lis- I've been listening to some books about trauma and things like that, and I was listening to a book called The Body Keeps the Score at the time, which is an awesome book. Anyway, so, um, but the way he describes, he can smell it, you know, he can feel it, right? He remembers seeing all the, the witch details, thing, yeah, all these yeah, details, yeah. right? Like, um, <clears throat> like whether he knows it or not, Prue, that was the moment you were no longer a child. And like to hear that described in detail, like him literally losing his childhood, like I just was bawling. John and Amy Prue part two. Yeah. It's so good. And I, I just, anyway, my heart went out to Prue at that moment. I was just like, oh my gosh. And I didn't know that. I honestly, I don't, I didn't, sadly, I love John Prue. I didn't know his parents were divorced. How effed up is that as a friend? But that's, and you know, cause I've, I've had conversations where people are like, Gonzo, I didn't know you were illegal. It's just like, I wasn't sharing. And it's just yeah. like, John was saying, he had, like, only a little bit, like, me and Gus or whatever, just sure. a few of us, yeah. like, even went to his house. Right. And he's saying, I had, like, a wall. walls up yep. all, all over. And I feel like we are maybe at this age distant distant enough from that that yeah. we can talk about the things that we that really were heavy in our heart mm-hmm. then. So, I, I mean, I... I love that too, but it's, it's, people have asked me, it's like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I was a bad friend. It was like, I don't feel bad no. because I wasn't sharing. Right. I was hiding it. Yeah. You know? So it's just like John and it's the same thing. He didn't right. have anybody over at his house. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so thank you, John, for sharing that. Cause that, I mean, man, that was a super tender moment. And for you to share that, it was super brave and awesome. And, um, yeah. So cool. Well, I love you, Sway. Thank you I for coming on. I love you, Steve. I love you. So much love in this room. <laughs> yeah, <really. But. laughs> Never mind. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Podcast say, after hours. Brought to you by Jerome Sausages. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. We're keeping this it in. It's sweet staying. sausage party. <laughs> but I don't think I, I don't think this episode is getting E. I think it's it's pretty clean. Like so, no E. But I will drop a disclaimer. At yeah, the drop a disclaimer, like, right? Because if you're it, listening with your kids in the van, uh, maybe throw in some he- earbuds yeah, for this one. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, well, thanks for having me, guys. This yeah. is awesome. Thanks, Wade. Thank you, Sway. I think this is great. What you guys are doing is so great. So, I love it. Anything I can do to support you guys, I'm right here. Share. Some, of, share some of those sweet t-shirts. Sweet yeah. tees. We'll talk later. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't give the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us uh, Rachel's business. Yeah, it's uh, Pearls, French Fries, etc. Nice. Or I like Pearls, it. Pearls, French Fries, etc. Right? Yeah, that's right. I should know. Sway, send us a voice memo if you said your wife's <laughs> business name wrong. <laughs> I will for sure. Um, and, uh, oh, and then I, I'm really sad that I missed the first voice memo episode, but I'm going to try and get me, Andrew Macy, and Nick Smith on a call to record a voice memo for you guys because we've got a good, oh, we've got a sweet, sweet. story. Oh, that and I want to cool. hear their perspective because, like, I remember it one way, but I want to I want to hear what they said. Is at that the same like time. The, the Polynesian yeah. question? Uh-huh. Story. Yeah. yeah. And then if you guys if you guys have any fun dance stories... Send us those voice memos. Yeah, we're taking voice memos about how you've asked or answered to dances back oh, in high school. Oh, I love it. Yeah, love so the next voice memo can... episode is going to be lighter. Some just fun stories. Yeah. Stuff. Sorry this got heavy, y'all, but no, that's I, just my life. I love a heavy episode. Yeah. that's that's Those are my favorite. <laughs> Gonzo likes meat and potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. Thanks, Way. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. So, Gonzo, we just finished up with host Way. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. I had, like, a ton of thoughts. I had questions, you know, from... I listened to his episode, and then I'm like, I had questions, like, the one about, like, well, how do you know, like, what's the spectrum of addiction? I feel like we're still... Like, this, it's it, we're early science on that. And then... But, I don't know, I loved how open he was. I loved how willing he is to share... And he, I mean, he seemed really, he seemed happy. Like, I feel like he, he seems lighter, you know, he's got a, a bright brightness to his face, like it's happy and smiling. So it's like in a way, like it's, it is kind of like the old sway. Cause he's always been like, I remember him as happy mm-hmm. and fun, but you know, after hearing all he's been through, all his family's been through. And the recovery that he's going through. And and also, I don't know, I'm really happy to hear that it's like he's saying he's had this ball with this in in his gut, you know, that he's been carrying around for years. And I'm just so happy to hear that that's like gone, you know, or smaller or dissipating or he's little by little healing yeah. from that. So well, it's kind of like when he was saying like he just like wanted to get caught. Because, like, that burden was so heavy and he was feeling that, I think he called it gut rot. Yeah. Or just, like, he wanted to get caught. So, and now that, you know, he was caught and got, is going through, like, you can tell, like, you're saying like, he seems happier. He seems like that burden that he was hiding and carrying for so long is not weighing him down anymore. And I, I'm also, like, I mean, we talked about it, like, shame is a big part of it. And you and I have, like, stayed up one night and we we're talking about, like, my my problems with how in the church we deal with sexuality. Mm -hmm. I was like, we, it's like, I was in the young man's for years for like four or five years. And we'd have like, we approach like once every six months or something. We, we talk about pornography. We talk about sex and we'd approach it with the young men as in like, well, of course, none of you have ever had the 
you've never seen or heard about pornography. But it's just like, no, we can't do that to like, I was talking to like the, the young man's presidency. It's like every one of these kids has a computer in their pocket with access to like terabytes and terabytes of pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you were saying, it's like you grab your phone, look at this. And like, Bam. even that is just like their friends at school. Like, a, these guys have have had access. They have seen pornography. We can't go f- from the angle of like you've never seen this stuff and never look at it. But no, we have to go from like okay, what are the what are going to be the consequences to viewing pornography? You know what does it's like and and you know we talked about we said like first of all like this is not reality. You know this is like as fake as watching Iron Man fly on, on a Marvel movie. You know, it is, you're watching it like a super TV show. That's it's totally fake. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with a healthy relationship. It has nothing to do with real sexuality. And then at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you're getting a male gaze where women are objects Objects. where they're things and they're just things to please men and like that is not true women are human and you know they have needs desires wants Boundaries. dreams exactly so it's like it, it it's totally backwards of of what human reality is and so it's like take apart from you know put aside sin and shame which are there you know it's like it's a sin you know but it but let's Let's talk about it differently and let's talk about like communication. Talk to your parents. You know, if, if you're viewing this, it's like, you're not the first people to see this. You're not the only ones. It's like, everyone's been exposed to it. We live in a world that we're swimming in pornography. Everyone's been exposed to it. Let's stop. Let's cut that out. You, I know, I know, we know you guys have seen this stuff. Talk to your parents, try to you know, build some boundaries, understand sexuality, like maybe help them out with it. Have them like there's stuff that you can download. Yeah. There's curiosity. Talk about what sex is. Your parents know what sex is. They know what healthy sex is like for the most part they should. Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, talk to them. If you're having a hard time, you're looking at this stuff a lot. Let's, let's get some, like figure out where's your computer placement. Let's get some filters on your laptop. And then, you know, you're, but it's like a, Coming at an angle of communication and stopping the shame and the... I know you've never seen it so, and, and and avoid it like the... Well, if you do see it, yeah. Exactly. And then go talk to the bishop. So, 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 so I feel like we need to get over those kind of lessons that we taught to the young men and talk to them differently. And I know it's like... I, I don't know. I don't want to be so boxy about it. No, I think that that's right. It's funny because Sway talked about like, talk to your kids young and we're talking about this now. Yeah. Like, I got my lesson that we kind of talked to our kids about, like, from Glee. Like, just told them, hey, because Callie, like, wants to sleep in beds with people. She's like, I want to sleep in the bed. I want my friend. And it's like, you can't. And But then we're just like. I'm so scared of sleepovers. Yeah. Like, with my kids. And uh, and so we just told them, it's like, it's like, and Glee, it's a, it's a wet hug. You know, it's like, it's a special hug with no clothes on. You can't do that. <laughs> but, like, just introducing them to the concept of, like, it takes two. And things can happen and you can have consequences. And I think that starting it early and taking the shame out of it, like addressing the 
curiosity. Like, yeah, like you're going to feel some stuff. You're going to see some things and that's totally normal. And it comes from us too. Like mm-hmm. if we're ashamed to talk about sex, then we're going to translate that to our kids when we're talking about it. Just like my dad, you know, like, you good? sorry, dad, worst talk ever. And like, <laughs> Probably like 10 years too late. I don't know. <laughs> uh. You know, one other thing I loved about that, and like, I was going to bring it up with Sway, but I forgot to. Like, he called me after, like, when all this stuff was happening. He's like, hey, man, I can you just come meet me and talk? And we joked about, like, who would Sway call, like, if he had a dead body and he's, he would call me. But, like, I remember getting this phone call from host Sway, and just, like, I met him in the Jordan High School parking lot. And he just told me a bit of his story, and I just, he was he was crying and he was upset and I had some questions for him, but I just gave him a big hug and it's been, you know, he, it's been really awesome to watch him kind of grab this bull by the horns. No pun intended. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, but it's been, it's been really fun to, to watch him just take this challenge and run with it. And it's now, you know, he talked about how he and his wife do this podcast together, but they also like, I would say like their, their marriage is better than it was at any time before because of open honesty with each other. And I know that they're willing Like, if people know that you can reach out to host way, like he and his wife will come talk to church groups. They'll come talk about their experience and let people know like, Hey, there's a way to work through this with love, with grace and you can make it through. Well, what kind of marriage can you have with someone that's emotionally stunted, right? It's like, but now I feel like you, you are, or someone that's also not open, you know, that's hiding. It's like now you, you can start to build a relationship because you can work on communication. You can work on like healthily resolving conflicts, you know, you and it's just like a lot of that shame is gone. So you yeah. can be your true self. Exactly. And you can't, it, you can't build a relationship with, with someone that's, that you only seen 10% of who they are or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or someone that's, that's like, facade, like yeah. a fake version of themselves. So I don't know that I'm, I'm so happy for him. It's yeah. It, I knew that he was going to talk about some of this stuff. There was so many funny memories that I wanted to talk about with him. I know but, we should have him back to like, this one was like the, the deep one. We should have him back for like a light one where we can just like more Mayo stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mayo stories. I have so many. I don't know. I love Josue. I for real. I call, I, he's like a brother. I love him. And maybe Sway, either on our next episode with you or send in a voice memo. You said to me that there was like a reason or something like that we haven't been as close the last few years. And I want to know what that was. So send that in. Does he have secret beef maybe? I hope so. Hope, hopefully it's carrots. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. So right. it was great. I love him. I'm glad he came over. I love these in-person episodes. It yeah, just makes it really fun. Okay. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We're still looking for those uh, voice memos about funny dance stories. We'll we'll get that new. As soon as we get some in, we'll get do another bonus spectacular. And um, this is it. So... You'll hear from us next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.